Blog Talk Radio.
I am Jehovah, the mighty God. Praise the Lord, everybody. Everybody, praise the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to Miracle Outreach Ministries on Sunday. I'm Pastor Sabrina, and you're you, and God is still God. Amen? He's still seated on the throne. And nothing about him has changed because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Amen. I pray that you all have all been served, everyone been served. Praise the Lord. Brother, I need you to cover that up with a cloth. A cloth. We have cloth. Once we serve, that's the end of that. Thank you. That's cover the communion, please. Thank you so much. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you. Praise the name of the Lord. You see, in this church, we have order and we have protocol. After Holy Communion has been passed out to those that are present, it's closed. And we don't have church thieves. Amen? We don't have disrespect for the Lord and Holy Communion. The Lord is very explicit in Scripture how important this is to honor and recognize the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to respect and honor the Lord and the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. I noticed as I was coming over here that we seem to have a lot of visitors on the highway from out of state, and I'm grateful for them. I hope that they enjoy their visit here with us and that they come away with something of the Lord, even if they are not Christian. Amen? I pray that they come away with something of the Lord about us, whether they are Christians or not. You see, visitors come to your home. Visitors come to your city, to your state, to your country. And you should pray. We should all pray that since they have come into a place where Christians are, that they should leave and go away with something about Jesus Christ, something about his love, something about his mercy, something about his grace, something about his care, something about the judgment to come, something about Jesus they should pick up. Amen? Amen? Because they've come into a place where there are many Christians, many believers, many saints. And we should have an influence in their lives, even if it's minimal. Amen? So let us be cognizant of that. Let us think about it as we go our way. 
as we come into contact with persons that don't know us and are from someplace else, that they need to leave our presence with something of the Lord. Amen? Because the Lord is alive and active in us. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So they have come into the very presence of God when they come into our presence. And so something of the Lord should impress them before they leave. Amen? Amen. And I hope you'll remember that as you go about your daily affairs. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So, as you know, at the beginning of our services, we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We repent of our sins, and we ask for the Lord's forgiveness, and we participate in Holy Communion. Well, we're about to do that, so I'm giving you a couple of minutes to gather your elements if you have not. I want to also welcome those of you who have joined us by uh, MiracleInternetChurch.com on the Internet, whether it's through your telephone, whether it's uh, through your telephone, or whether it's through your telephone or through your computer. Amen? You still got static? Brother Bill's giving me, giving me a progress report. Okay, hold on a second. I'm going to disconnect and then reconnect. Amen? Just be patient. And she's going to disconnect and then reconnect. Okay, is that better? Sound check. We're doing a sound check. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is great. All right. Praise the Lord. We've got the victory. So, as I was saying, we want to uh, thank the Lord for all who are joining us via Miracle Internet Church over their phones or over their computers or their little lap device. We are also an Internet church, and we meet on the Internet every Wednesday evening and Friday evening at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time in the United States of America and on Sundays at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time in the United States and whatever time it happens to be where you are. And we're glad that you got out of bed and rubbed the sleep out of your eyes. If you found some coffee, that was good. If not, water will do. Jesus is with you. Amen. And you can wake up and participate in church. Yes, this is church. Amen. And the Holy Spirit ties us all together. We are all connected by the Spirit of God. Just as you can sit in one room in your house and talk on the telephone to someone else in another room in your house, you all are still connected, not just by the phone, but by your very communion one with another. Amen? There are people all over the world right now. We're in over 100 countries that are participating in this worship service, 
some of them had to get up out of their beds in the middle of the night where they are to join us. Amen? So we want to thank everyone who joined us. Amen? Our webpage is www.miracleinternetchurch.com. That's miracleinternetchurch.com. When the page comes up across the banner, you'll see MIC Radio Chat, MIC Radio Chat. Click that link, and when the page turns, click Guest, and then sign in using your name. Say good morning, good afternoon, hello to the saints, and the saints will respond to you in love because that's what we do. If you're on a cell phone, you may use your browser to access MiracleInternetChurch.com. When the page comes up, there will be three white dashes against a black background. That's your link. Click that link, and it will open up all the other links to you. If you merely want to listen using your phone, you may dial our number at 319 I just forgot the number. Give it to me if you. You forgot it too? That's not funny. Thank you. 319-527-6235 and press 1. Don't I say this at least six times every week? 319-527-6235 and press 1. Amen. No, we are not robots. We are people, and we have just proved that. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. (laughs) That was good for her. Amen. So, being the people of God, with the love of God, we want everyone that comes into our midst to get some scent, some fragrance, some feeling, maybe even, of the Lord when they're with us. Amen? Amen. And just because we might be upset at the moment doesn't mean God can't go through and override. Amen? Amen? There's this thing called righteous indignation. It's when we get upset because something is very wrong, which ought to be righted. Amen? Amen? So just because you have human emotion doesn't mean God is not present. We talked about that the other day. God is with us. Jesus is there. No matter what you're experiencing, he's right there. And you should always remember that. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we're not going to forget that. But we are going to repent of our sins. So I'm going to give you a moment to do your own personal conversation with the Lord. And then we're going to go forward. Amen? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, as we come before you, bringing our vulnerabilities, our weaknesses, our strengths, our beliefs, our unbelief, the things we've done right, the things we've messed up, and the things we didn't do at all but should have done. We ask for your forgiveness for every attitude and belief that is just not Jesus Christ. We ask you, Father, to cleanse us 
You say if we confess our faults to you, you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. We believe you, and we're trusting that that's exactly what's happening right this moment. Help us, Lord, to conform to your will. Help us to conform to your image, because on the day that we stand before you, and you're on your throne, and we are there. We want to be just like you. We don't want to be missing a thing. So, Lord, we've decided to go forward with you as you're teaching us, as you're training us, as you're developing us to think like you, to believe like you, to speak like you, and to act like you. We place ourselves in your hands, and we give you praise, glory, and honor, not only for what you have already done in our lives and it's manifesting your fruit, but that that is to come forth. We give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you honor. Now, if you have your elements ready, we'll proceed. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, thank you, Lord, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Partake of the bread. After the same manner also, he took the cup. When he had stopped saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord. Partake of the cup. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show and proclaim the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Amen? (laughs) That we should not be condemned with the world. Okay, we found the water. Praise the Lord. 
Amen. Heavenly Father, your holy scriptures say to us, shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken, obey the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, and the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. (laughs) Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and do with them, will, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Everyone that heareth these things of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Praise the Lord. Amen. And great was the fall of it. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates of the city. These things your words say to us, Lord. Father, help us to obey you in all things and to obey you from the heart, to do that which is right in your sight and not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. Help us to obey you 
not with our service, but as men please, but not with our service, nor as men pleases, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with singleness of heart, fearing the Lord. Amen. It's important, saints, to want to do the will of God. Sometimes we don't always want. Sometimes we just don't feel like it. But it is still important to want to do the will of God. The Bible says that he causes us to will and to do of his good pleasure. Amen? So when you find yourself not wanting to do the will of God, it's time to have a talk with Jesus. It's not a time to pout. It's not a time to sulk. It's not a time to dance around with a bad attitude and take it out on everyone else. It's time to have a talk with Jesus. Amen? Whether it's in your car or in the bathroom or wherever you find that space, when you find yourself not wanting to do the will of God, Please know God is not wrong, and you are. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we bind Satan, the strong man, all his evil angels, evil spirits, demonic agents, all of his underlings, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, and orders. We cancel all demonic assignments and satanic agendas against the righteous. We take the territory from Satan in Jesus' name. We bind every form of godliness which denies the power of Jesus Christ. We come into agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. We close and seal all portals, all channels, all open doors of access to the enemy. We pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and spiritual wickedness in high places. We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver cord, and garland. We bind the demons and workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to its strong men and dethrone them all, chaining them all in eternal chains and darkness, placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. We bind the sources of all witchcraft attacks, and we return the attacks onto the heads of the devils that bring them to cling to them for eternity. We bind all trafficking demons, reporters, listeners, watchers, peeps, whisperers, familiar demons, electronic, digital demons, technology demons, and their attacks. We bind electromagnetic attacks, smart technology attacks, techno-paganism, and mind control by the occult. We bind Leviathan spirits and their attacks, Kundalini spirits, even their psychic attacks, all water and marine spirits and their attacks, sex devils and their attacks, unclean spirits and their attacks all passive devils and their attacks, pain-afflicting spirits, sleep-deprivation spirits, artificial intelligence, smart-dust spirits, all seducing, womanizing, drone and whoredom spirits and their attacks. We bind the Havana syndrome, brain changes, injuries, and all remote viewing, all sonic and audio weapons in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all the voices of the stranger, the seducer, the charmer, and their attacks in Jesus' name. We bind all hypnotic and trance devils in their attack. We bind all mystic rituals in their intent. We bind all EMFs and EFP 
attacks in the name of Jesus. Everything coming off the cell lights, everything coming off the cell towers, through the cell phones, through the computers, through every electronic and technological device. We break your powers over us in the name of Jesus Christ. We are not addicted to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. We bind all pulse weapons and their attacks, microwave frequencies and their attacks, debilitating sonic frequencies, and the work of every druid we bind in Jesus' name. We bind all 5G attacks in Jesus' holy name. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit being here with us today. We thank you, Lord, that there's nothing that the enemy can do to change the power of God. Amen? Nothing the enemy can do to change the power of God. Every mystic ritual and all of their intents and desires we bind in the name of Jesus Christ. We overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind Buddhist black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean, Hindu, Indian, African, European, Australian, Indonesian, Asian, North American, South American, indigenous persons, native persons, all of their witchcraft, Caribbean, Latin American, black magic and white magic. Magic of all kinds all around the world in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all Morgellons attacks and we return every attack to the senders. We bind the culture of corruption worldwide. We bind all free-flying devils. We bind all evil spirits which take animal forms, all shape-shifting spirits. We bind each demon responsible for the dominion of sin in the American culture. We bind impulsivity, inattention, racing mind, and hyperactivity. We bind the prince of the power of the air, and we return his powers to Jesus Christ. We bind the power of the dog and every abomination that's been committed. We bind the Lord of the flies and his agents, and we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus. We bind the Mandela effect, all satanic ritual abuse devils, all satanic worship, and witchcraft dedication. We bind all formations of bullflies and demonic insects. We bind spiders and their webs, trapping them in their own webs. We bind the transference of evil spirits and spirits of infirmity, spirits of supplanting the gods of the people of the land, the gods of the groves, and every spirit that exalts science, logic, human reasoning, and demonic knowledge against the knowledge of God and makes man wise in his own eyes. We bind the transference of evil spirits. We bind mammon and his agents. We bind all demons sent forth to intimidate, harass, manipulate, lie against, mock, wear down, infect, destroy, spy, sabotage, hinder, besmirch, block, distract, confuse, pervert, stifle, curse, expose, stop, defile, assassinate, corrupt, divide, confound, undermine, attack, reproach, despise, and reduce the effectiveness of the righteous in Christ Jesus. We bind all pulse microwave radiation attacks designed to cause neurological problems, brain injuries, debilitating headaches, vertigo, tinnitus, binding directed energy microwave weapons in the name of Jesus Christ. We forbid you to continue your work against us in Jesus' name. We bind the bondage of the generations of fools and the spirits of the fools and we bind the fool's anger in Jesus' name. We bind the carnal mind. We return to sender according to the covenant. 
all in every reprisal, retribution, counterattack, retaliation, all avenging, all blowbacks, all vengeance, every boomerang, each payback and all requiting of our righteous warfare in Jesus' name. This includes every evil work, mark, rite, ritual, ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, vow, root work, or sin against us, astral projection, sending demons to us to work against us and against all that pertains to us. No demon, no wicked person or unrighteous event left behind. In Jesus' name, we bind all vampire spirits, voodoo, hoodoo, ancient arts, mystic rituals, devils attending the New World Order, New Age Movement, the Great Reset. We bind the spirits and works of the oppressors, the spirit and the children of disobedience, false religions, numerology, horoscopes, make-believe, fantasy, la-la land, in Jesus' name. All martial arts, yoga, transcendental meditation, antichrist ideologies and doctrines, Ahab and Jezebelic spirits and practices, lewdness, perversion, the outworking of vain deceit, death spirits, spirits of destruction, chaos, and mayhem, oppression, depression, am- anarchy, premonition, clairvoyance, ESP, telepathy, psychokinesis, out-of-body experiences, reincarnation, haunting, poltergeist, astral travel, psychic healing, demonic meditation, spirit guides, and defilement by wizards. We bind the king of pride and his kingdom in Jesus' name. We bind all human, demonic, blood, sexual, financial, animal, fecal, and soulish sacrifices in Jesus' name. We cage them in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry. We bind every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, nature worship, deception, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, military spirits, rioting, abuse, all trolls, all fear, combative jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, Weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, and temptation to sin. We bind Belial, Beelzebub, Baal, Molech, Basilek, Python, Neptune, Zeus, Apollyon, Kali, all gods, all goddesses, Mammon, Atlas, Baphomet, and its 72, and we chain you with eternal chains under darkness in Jesus' name. We undo the works of all demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins and dolls, hot and cold spots, codes, triggers, charms, tumors, designs. And we return their afflictions to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. We break the power of every Masonic ritual, ceremony, and rite, also those of every associated organization in the name of Jesus Christ. We return to sender all that should be returned according to the covenant in Jesus' name. We bind every spirit that was familiar to the Laodiceans. We bind the pride and foolishness of our own opinions, and we return and loose all the retaliations of the enemy upon his own head according to the scriptures. We bind all traditions and customs rooted in sin. We denounce and renounce them all and loose ourselves from them. We bind the gang stalkers and send their fear, harassment, and witchcraft back on their own heads as well as their mind control in Jesus' name. We bind the spirit of slumber. We thank you, Father, that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, and minds to receive what the Spirit of God says to the church. We repent of an evil heart of unbelief in accord with Calvary. We ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Lord, we have come to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke and chain, and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop in us a love for the truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is truth. Make us to know the truth, and your truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. We have come 
Lord, to celebrate the scriptures with you and to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief in whom we serve and obey. Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, for all who are in authority and all true Christians everywhere, but especially those that are in persecution. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive us. You will stretch forth your hands against the wrath of our enemies, and your right hand shall save us. Thank you, Father. We cover ourselves with the blood of Jesus. We cover our vehicles and the road we travel with the blood of Jesus. We take authority, dominion, and power over animals and entities crossing the road, Father. We ask you, Lord, to give us wisdom as we drive. We bind tragedies, accidents, incidents, breakdowns, things, objects left in the road to cause problems. We break the power of that in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, for keeping us alert and helping us as we yield to your spirit and you take us where we need to go. We plead the blood of Jesus over our property. We bind the devil from attacking us with bad dreams, nightmares, sex dreams, and anyone trying to get into our dreams and feed us in our dreams. We bind all the poisons they may have fed to any of us in a dream. We command them to stay away. We thank you, Father, for your giant warrior angels that protect us as we sleep and covering us with the wall of protection. Amen. We disconnect ourselves from any spirits that followed us all week long, that followed us from wherever we are doing whatever we were sent to do. Any spirits that were transferred to us, we command them to be bound and to come up and out of the people now, deep breath and cough. Deep breath and cough. Call those spirits out. Deep breath and cough. In the name of Jesus Christ. Deep breath and cough in Jesus' holy name. Deep breath and cough those spirits that follow you that are not of Jesus Christ. Take a deep breath and cough them out in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the armor of God. We thank you for the wall of fire with your glory in the midst. We thank you for your warring linking angels surrounding us, and we thank you for your very presence in our midst. We thank you, Lord, that when two or three are gathered together in your name, there you are in our midst. We pull out all fiery darts, pins, needles, spears, and voodoo in the name of Jesus Christ. We cut ourselves free from all ungodly silver cords, ley lines, soul ties, attachments, covenants, agreements, oaths, consents, garlands, vows, pledges, pacts, leagues, and all form of agreement with the demonic realm in Jesus' name. We tear down and break down walls of protection around shamans, globalists, nanobots, satanists, wizards, warlocks, witches, witches, sorcerers, and divinators in the name of Jesus Christ. We break the power of all curses, hexes, vexes, spells, charms, fetishes, psychic prayers and thoughts, witchcraft, voodoo, magic, mind control, brain frequency meditations, ungodly blessings, incantations, Incense and candle burning, crystals, root work, jinxes, and everything set against us by the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ. We break the power of all tribal rituals and sin in Jesus' name. We break the power of the enemy 
in our lives in Jesus' name. And we release the peace of God over the people of God in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Okay, Lord. All right. You know, saints, I can always tell when the devil does not want me to preach a message. He always has some shenanigans going. But God is greater than his shenanigans. Amen? And we have the victory. Amen. We have the victory. Amen. He may come to interfere, but that's all he can do. He can show up and act ugly. But he can't get anything done because we're not going to put up with it. Amen? Amen. We're not going to put up with it. So, amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Technology may attempt to do what it wants to do, but technology is not Jesus Christ. Amen? Greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. And so there we are. There. So today we're going to talk about this hot message that the Lord gave me this morning. You know, when I prepare for the message, I never know which direction it's going in. Even as I begin to pull the message together, I don't know where God's taking it or where it's going to end up, so I have to follow him. So, seeing as that is the case, we're going to follow him today. Amen? Amen. The title of this message is, Why Disobey Him? Why Disobey Him? In James chapter 1, James chapter 1, beginning with verse 22, James chapter 1, beginning with verse 22, but be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer of the word, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass or in a mirror. For he beholdeth himself. He takes a good look at himself, and then he goes his way. And straightway, immediately, forgetteth what manner of man he was. He looks into the word, He sees what's wrong with his life. He puts the Bible down, goes about his business, and forgets all about what God just pointed out. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man 
shall be blessed in his deeds. So if we want to be blessed, we're going to go into the word of God, find out what God wants us to know, and we're going to continue in what God said. We're not going to forget what he's spoken to us, but we're going to execute what he said to do. Thereby, we shall be blessed. Amen? Sound like a plan? I think so. Sounds like a great plan. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, beginning with verse 13. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, beginning with verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. God's very serious because God himself is a judge. He's going to bring every single work into judgment, even the secret things, whether they be good or whether they be evil. Saints, it is our duty to obey our God at all times, not only when we are agreeable with his will. We are called to reverence, honor, and love our God through our continued submission to and doing of his will. Doing of his will. Action words. Doing of his will. We are to show our deepest respect and adoration by obeying his voice and his commandments. This is the entire basis for our conduct, which carries moral, legal, and spiritual obligations, governed by a conformity to acceptable standards with regards to a deity. With regards to a deity. God is not a mere human being like you and I. He is God Almighty. He is the supreme ruler. He is the strong creator. He is the mighty God. He is the God of truth. He is God Most High. He is the Lord God. He is the Lord of hosts. He is the God who judges on earth. Why would you decide to disobey him? Now, you can think back to when you were younger and your parents would tell you to do something or some adult or some authority would tell you to do something and you didn't particularly want to do it. And so you decided in the expanse of your mind that you just weren't going to do it. 
Now, was that right? No, it wasn't. But you sat there in your own willfulness and made a decision not to obey, right? Well, that practice continues into adulthood, by the way, for all who are wondering. We dishonor God when we disobey him. It's that simple. If you want to honor God, you will obey him. If you plan to dishonor God, you'll feel free to disobey him. Amen? Amen. Let's travel to Hebrews. Hebrews, that's the good book of the Bible. It starts with an H. Amen. We're going to find Hebrews today. Amen. And pastor's trying to get there ahead of you, but that's not working. <laughs> we'll just do it the regular way. Amen. Praise God. I can do it this way, too. Amen. I think it's probably better this way. Hebrews. Chapter 2. And we're going to go to verse 1. Hebrews chapter 2. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word that was spoken by angels was steadfast, And every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Wow, that's serious, Lord. Because God has spoken to us by his son, Jesus Christ, because he is such a glorious one, because what he says is of such infinite importance to our eternal welfare, we must listen to and retain the truth we have heard. Otherwise, we allow the truth to slip away, and we drift away from our God. Past messages have proved truth. And people have always been punished for disobeying them. You know, to know to do right, to know to do good, and to do it not, then to you it's sin. Amen? Amen? Amen. So what makes us to think that we will escape punishment if we are indifferent Apathetic, rebellious, lazy, stubborn, and defiant to this great salvation which Jesus Christ obtained for us through the shedding of his blood on Calvary. What makes us think we're going to get away with it? What convinces us of that? Certain of you, God has given direct revelation by a dream. Amen? He may as well have split your head open and poured the order that he gave you right into your brain. It's been just that, just that plain, just that simple. 
just that obvious to you. Yet, you chose to defy the instructions which were given. It's not as if you needed some deep interpretation. You clearly understood what God was saying to you. But when it came down to time to put that into action, you disobeyed. Somehow, you decided to act as though the dream never happened and God never gave you orders. How is that? Many of you listen to the messages from the Lord through this ministry, but you won't apply these truths to your everyday life. You see, this is a theater. You know, like when you sit there and watch TV or listen to the radio, you're just going to sit and listen. Well, God's not playing that game, and I suggest that you stop playing it too. He expects you to do what he says to do. He's not on that page you're on. All I have to do is listen and nod my head and occasionally say amen. That's not God. That's not him. Amen? So do you not yet realize that there are consequences? Because there are. There are consequences. There are serious consequences. There are consequences when we make the right choices, and there are consequences when we make the wrong choices. In Job chapter 4, beginning with verse 7, Job chapter 4, beginning with with verse 7, remember, I pray thee, whoever perished being innocent, Or where were the righteous cut off? Even as I have seen, they that plow iniquity and sow wickedness reap the same. They that plow iniquity. You know that same thing you keep doing over and over and over again. They reap the same. Amen? Amen. God says sowing and reaping hasn't gone away. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 8. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 8. He that soweth iniquity shall reap vanity. You're going to reap something that's worthless if you sow ungodliness. Amen? Hosea. Chapter 10, verse 12. Hosea, chapter 10, verse 12. Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it's time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Sow to yourselves in righteousness so that you can reap mercy. We all need mercy. Break up your fallow ground. What is fallow ground? Those hardened areas in your heart and in your mind. Those stony places in your heart and in your mind. Break them up. 
Ask God to give you a jackhammer. He will. Break them up. Tear them up. Break them down. Because it's time to seek the Lord till he come and rain his righteousness upon you. Amen? Till you're living it and walking it the way Jesus wants you to. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. If you sow a little sin, you'll reap the result of a little sin. But if you sow a lot, look out. If you sow a little righteousness, you'll reap the results and the fruit of a little righteousness. But if you sow a lot, you'll surely be blessed. Amen? Amen. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, beginning with verse 7. Galatians chapter 6, beginning with verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. See, you can't make a fool out of God. It just doesn't work. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh, to the self-life, shall reap of the flesh corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. So you see, you have a choice here. You can decide what you want to sow into the soil of your heart and life. You can keep on doing all the worldly things you always wanted to do, and you're going to reap the corruption that comes from them. Or you can change gears. You can sow to the Spirit the things of God, and then you reap from that life everlasting. Now let me tell you something about sowing and reaping. When you sow, you're going to reap a harvest. But you see, it's not just the first harvest. There are bumper crops that follow. There are bumper crops that follow. If you sow a little sin, you're going to reap some sin results. But then in the next cycle of growth, you're going to get bumper crops. And bumper crops just keep on coming. So, you have to decide what you want to reap and keep on reaping. If you want to keep sowing the unrighteousness and reap the fruit and keep reaping the bad fruit, or if you want to sow what God wants sown and reap good fruit and keep on reaping good fruit. If you're one of the persons that's saying to yourself, uh-oh, then I suggest you begin to pray for crop failure. Amen? Amen. That's the way this works. You might need some crop failure. You see, you're not slick, nor are you smart 
by failing to do what God has told you. Instead, you are behaving foolishly. It is sin to allow the truth of God to slip away from us so that we forget that we have been purged from our past sins. God says, do it this way. All right. That's nice, Lord. And then you go right like the man in the mirror, like, "Mm mm-hmm. Oh, and right back to what you used to do, the way you used to do it. You used to bless your spouse off every single time they did something you didn't like. And God is saying you have to walk in love. Okay, that lasts for all about half a day. And then just as soon as something doesn't go the way you want, you're right back to telling your spouse off again. You see, that's what it means to look in the mirror of the law of liberty and forget what manner of person you are and then go right off and do whatever you do. You know, you come to the word, yes, Lord, that's a sin. Father, I repent of my sin of whatever it is. You put your Bible down, and before the day is over, you're right back to doing what you just repented of. You see, the repentance must come with forsaking. You repent and you forsake your sin. You choose a new direction for the rest of your life. You don't go back and dabble in your sin. That's the way this works, you see. It has a method to it. And not only have you been purged from your sins, many of you, but demons have been cast out as well. Demons. Yes, those things. They've been cast out as well. Join me at Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, beginning with verse 24. Your homework for this week is to memorize Luke chapter 11, verses 24 through 26. So you've got three verses to memorize. Luke chapter 11, verses 24 through 26. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Beginning with verse 24, when the unclean spirit, that would be a demon, is gone out of a man, woman, girl, boy, whomever, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, and finding none. He says, I will return unto my house whence I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Then goeth he and taketh to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And what do they do? Just sit outside and look at you? No. They enter in and dwell there. They enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. In this ministry, once we cast the devil out of you, we send it someplace. We don't just let it wander around forever waiting on you to show up again. However, 
reinforcements, their buddies and cousins and friends, are waiting instead. And they're waiting for you to open a passage so that they and the seven words can come in and live in you. And just as sure as you go back and do what you have no business doing, they got you. You know, you repent of being ugly and acting nasty and saying bad words and having bad thoughts. You tell God, oh, Lord, with these tears, I'm so sorry, Lord. And at the time, you mean it. But just give you a week. You're right back at it again. And those spirits, the seven words, there she is. She's ready. We can go in now. And then you're more resistant to deliverance than you were before. You're more resistant to the word of God. You're more resistant to the Holy Spirit. You're becoming hardened in sin. See, deliverance is nothing to play with. This is a, God, I'm never going to do that again in my life by your grace. But then you've got to stick. You've got to stick with it. And continuing therein, the Bible said, we read that scripture. So, in verse 28, Luke chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus says, Blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it and obey it. They're the ones that are blessed. Why? Because those demons can't come rolling back. See, you're not supposed to be like it was when we did hopscotch as children. You're on one foot one minute and on another foot the next. No, you're supposed to be consistent with the Lord. It's not like you're here without the Holy Spirit. You do have the power of the Holy Spirit. So you have the ability to be consistently faithful to the Lord, but you have to choose to do it. Pastor cannot come do it for you. It is far better to obey God rather than to obey ungodly persons. Really, Pastor? Yes, that's the truth. Let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 5, verse 29. Chapter 5, verse 29. Now, this was an occasion where <clears throat> the apostles, they had already made up their mind, but they had to make a decision what they were going to do in a tight spot. And they did. This is what they said. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. We ought to obey God instead of man. Why? Because what man is saying is not checking in with God. It's not right. I know it's not right. I don't remember what chapter that was I read it in, but down in my knower, I know this is wrong. I read it in the Bible. After a while, I'll remember what that scripture is, but I already know this is wrong. I know this is wrong. Hebrews 
chapter 11, verse 23. Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 23. I want you to know that other people besides the disciples made this commitment. All throughout the Bible, there were people that made this commitment. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of who? His parents. Because they saw he was a proper child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. They knew what was right. And they were going to do what was right no matter what it took. And that's what God's looking for out of us this morning. That I'm going to do right no matter what it takes. First Samuel chapter 22. First Samuel chapter 22. We're going to go down a little path here. And we're going to talk about Saul and David. There's a lot to be said, but we're going to highlight some things. When Saul, beginning with verse 6, 1 Samuel chapter 22, verse 6, when Saul heard that David was discovered and the men that were with him, now Saul abode at Gibeah under a tree, had a spear in his hand, and his servants were standing around him. And if you know anything about Saul, he was trying to, be the big hog at the trough. Then Saul said unto his servants that stood about him, Hear now, ye Benjamites, will the son of Jesse give every one of you fields and vineyards and make you all captains of thousands and captains of hundreds? He was standing there in his braggadocious way comparing David to himself, something he had no business doing that all of you have conspired against me. He didn't know that to be the truth. That was a false accusation. And there is none that showeth me that my son hath made a league with the son of Jesse. And there is none of you that is sorry for me. That's not the truth either. Or showeth unto me that my son hath stirred up my servant against me. That's not the truth either. To lie and wait is at this day. So he sat there with his twisted, he stood there rather with his twisted knife and falsely accused David as much as he could. Then answered Doeg the Edomite, which was sent over the servants of Saul and said, I saw the son of Jesse coming to Nob, to, Abim, to Ahimelech, son of Ahitub. And he inquired of the Lord for him. Well, that's not the truth either. That was presumption. And gave him victuals and gave him the sword of Goliath, the Philistine. Then the king sent to call Ahimelech the priest and all of his father's house, the priests that were in Nob, and they came, all of them, to the king. And Saul said, Here now. And he answered him, Here I am, my lord. And Saul said unto him, Why have ye conspired against me, thou and the son of Jesse, and that thou hast given him bread and a sword, and hast inquired of God for him, that he should rise against me to lie in wait as at this day? Now Saul didn't ask the man what he should have asked him. He just started out by falsely accusing him. 
Then Ahimelech answered the king and said, Who is so faithful among all thy servants as David, which is the king's son-in-law, and goeth at thy bidding, and is honorable in thine house? Did I then begin to inquire of God for him? Be it far from me. Let not the king impute anything unto his servant, nor to all the house of my father. For thy servant knew nothing of all this, less or more. All right. And then Saul says, Thou shalt surely die, Himelech, thou and all thy father's house. Well, isn't that wonderful? And the king said unto the footman that stood about him, Turn and slay the priests of the Lord, because their hand also is with David, and because they knew when he fled and did not show it to me. But the servants of the king would not put forth their hands to fall upon the priests of the Lord. There is a time not to obey an authority. Amen. There is a time not to obey an authority because their edict is not righteousness. Their edict is not righteousness. I tell you, Lord, it's an interesting thing to watch what happens in the house of God and in the word of God. Amen? Amen. Some edicts are downright evil. And we've already seen that Moses' parents weren't going along with that evil edict. And neither would the footmen that were around Saul. They knew full well better than to attack the priests of the Lord. And they would not do it. You see, there's a right way and a wrong way. Let's go to 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. Now, this is about Ahab, and we know he was wicked. But there was a righteous man named Obadiah. And this talks about his encounter with an unrighteous authority. Beginning with verse 3. 1 Kings chapter 18, beginning with verse 3. And Ahab called Obadiah, which was the governor of his house. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. For it was so when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord that Obadiah took an hundred prophets and hid them by fifty in a cave and fed them bread and water. So Jezebel decided that she was going to kill the prophets of the Lord. But Obadiah said, let me find as many as I can and hide them and feed them. And in verse 7, 1 Kings 18, verse 7, and as Obadiah was in the way, seeing that Ahab had sent him to go find Elijah, behold, Elijah met him, and he knew him and fell on his face and said, Art thou 
that my Lord Elijah? And he answered him, I am. Go, tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here. And he said, what have I sinned that thou wouldest deliver thy servant into the hand of Ahab to slay me? As the Lord thy God liveth, there is no nation or kingdom whether my Lord hath not sent to seek thee. And when they said he is not there, he took an oath of the kingdom and nation that they found thee not. And now thou sayest, go tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here. And it shall come to pass, as soon as I am gone from thee, that the Spirit of the Lord shall carry thee whither I know not. And so when I come and tell Ahab that he cannot find thee, he shall slay me. But I, thy servant, fear the Lord from my youth. Was it not told my Lord what I did when Jezebel slew the prophets of the Lord, how I hid an hundred men of the Lord's prophets by by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water? So he's entreating Elijah here, and he's highlighting his own risk of being killed his commitment and obedience to the Lord. Because, you see, Jezebel was busy slaying the prophets of the Lord. She was busy putting them to death. And he saved a hundred lives. And he said, I'm afraid to go tell Ahab anything because God's liable to just whisk you away as soon as I tell him, and then he's going to kill me. You see? So... There is a time not to obey those who are in authority, but there is also a right way and a right attitude in disobeying authorities, yet obeying the word of the Lord. Psalm 1, beginning with verse 1. Psalm 1, beginning with verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. So when we find ourselves receiving counsel that's ungodly, we don't, we're not obligated to do what's wrong. We have to go talk to Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. I've had persons that were ministers of the gospel tell me things that wasn't what God wanted for my life. In fact, when I was an adult, very much an adult, out on my own, I've had persons they're very close to me as relatives that I respected to tell me what they thought I ought to do, but I already knew it was wrong because God had already told me what his plan was, and it didn't line up with what they said. You see, you need to take, you're a Christian. You're responsible for what you believe and what you do. So when you receive this information, you're to take it to the Lord and say, Lord, Is this really what you want from me? 
You have the Holy Spirit. You have the scriptures. You have the opportunity. Use it to obey God. Amen? Acts chapter 3, beginning with verse 25. And then we're going to hop over into Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 3, beginning with verse 25, and then we're going to hop over into Acts chapter 4. Verse 25, ye are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, and in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you you first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquity. Chapter 4, verse 1. And as they spake, these were the disciples at that time, and as they spake unto the people, saying these things, the priests and the captain of the temple were there, the Sadducees were there, and they came upon them. Why? They were grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. They didn't want them to hear the gospel. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold until the next day. They put them in jail. That's what that means. They arrested them and put them in jail because now until the next day, because this is evening, and they weren't going to do any work. Howbeit, many of them which heard the word believed. People made a choice. They heard what they said. They decided to believe. And the number of men was about 5,000. So Jesus had 5,000 souls at least waiting to believe. But you see, these religious leaders wanted to interfere. That's a very dangerous thing. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers, elders, and scribes, and Annas the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and as many as were kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. So it was this whole consortium of religious high folk that had too much to say and not enough of the understanding of the word of God. And when they had set them in the midst, which means they had surrounded them, They asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, because there had been a miracle, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders. You didn't regard him, which has become the head of the corner. Now, anybody that knows a little bit about building a building knows that the cornerstone is set first. That's how the other measurements and the parameters come. The head cornerstone is set first. How did I learn that? Watching my own house being built by my parents. That's how I learned that. I learned it later in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. 
see, life has observation. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Mm, Had to shut that mouth that day. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle has been done by them, is manifest to all that dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people, as if the people aren't going to keep talking about this, let us straightly threaten them, underline threaten them, that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. See, they've made up their minds. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was shown. Okay? This man got a miracle. They didn't like it. But you can't stop the power that's in the name of Jesus. And every saint ought to know that. So as we go down to verse 23, they were let go and they went to their own company And they reported everything that the chief priest and the elders said to them. But this is what they did after that. No, they did not cry. They didn't whine. They didn't whimper. They didn't sit there and talk about, look what they did to me. No, this is what they did. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? They're quoting the scripture to God. The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of the truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod, Pontius Pilate, And the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, they're praying. They're not whining. They're not crying. They're praying. And they're bold in their prayer. 
Behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. By stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, you see, they had unity. They were in faith. They believed the word. They believed Jesus. And they stood their ground in the word. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. Now, these are not just words on a page. These words were written for our admonition. They're supposed to tell us that when we get threatened, this is what we're supposed to be doing. Amen? So if you wonder, well, Lord, they're threatening to fire me. Well, what are you supposed to do? The answer is right here on the page. They didn't cower. They didn't back down. All the religious rulers were breathing down their neck. But did that stop them? After they were let go, they had a prayer meeting, and they prayed for God to give them more boldness to do it again. The very thing the people didn't want them to do, they say, God, help us to do it some more. But that's not how modern Christians react, now is it? Saints, we are not called to submit to the evil manipulations of others by way of their demons. Verbal abuse can well be a form of wicked manipulation. You see, saints, it is far more defiant and difficult for the devil to manipulate someone who is fully committed to and submitted to the Lord as opposed to someone who is lukewarm. I'll say that again. You see, saints, it is far more difficult for the devil to manipulate someone who is fully committed to and submitted to the Lord as opposed to someone who is lukewarm. Revelation chapter 3, beginning with verse 15. Revelation chapter 3, beginning with verse 15. I know thy work. I know what you've been doing, Jesus is saying, that thou art neither cold nor hot. You're not frigid with me, but you're not on fire for me either. I would thou were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. What does spew thee out of my mouth look like? Okay, I'm going to give you this natural picture. Projectile vomiting. He's going to puke you out. That's what he just said. And why do you have this lukewarm attitude? Well, he gives you a reason. Because thou sayest, I'm rich, 
I'm increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. You see, they have one opinion of themselves, but Jesus has a completely different opinion of them. You see, they were satisfied in self and in sin and in being lukewarm. Why change, they say. I'm good. I'm good. I got it. I got everything I need. Life is going my way. It's going pretty smooth. I got a job. I got a future. And I'm doing just fine. But that's not what God thinks. They got the wrong point of view. You see, Peter and John were fully committed to the Lord. And as a result, when the temptation came to compromise their faith, they successfully resisted the temptation and won the victory. Most Christians are not as committed as they appear to be. In verses 29 through 31, the saints sought the Father to endow them with the boldness to do exactly the opposite of what the priest, the captain of the temple, the Sadducees, the rulers, the elders, the scribes, and the high priests and others commanded of them. The disciples had already determined in their hearts and minds that they would obey God regardless. Now let's look at some people that were young adults. They were just past teenage. Let's go to Daniel chapter 3. They were very young. They hadn't experienced as much life as the disciples had at that time. They were young. Daniel chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, that's called idolatry, whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up. Well, we know that's a sin. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. So in other words, you're going to worship this thing or you're going to die. There's no way around. And we're going to burn you to death. In case you were wondering how we were going to do that, there it is. Therefore, at that time, when all the people heard the sound of all the music, they fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. 
Wherefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused of the Jews. Now, let me tell you about the Chaldeans. Remember, Abraham was called out of Ur of the Chaldees. It's because they was the chief witchcraft folk in that time. They did witchcraft worse than what most people that are accustomed to witchcraft have ever seen. Remember when Moses went before Pharaoh and he began to do what God told him to do, that the magicians came and did their dirt, and so their serpent came out and this serpent came out, and they couldn't do certain things, but they could do other things. That was them. And they spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear all this music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, that he should be cast into the midst of, the, of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And as you know, the king got really angry. He was in a rage, and he told him to bring these people before him. And Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you do not serve my gods nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if ye be ready that at what time ye hear the sound of the cor, and they went through all the instruments, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hand? Now, you see, some people got this edict when their job told them, if you don't get this injection, we're going to fire you. There are people in the military that were told they're going to be separated from the military if they didn't do it. Same difference. We're going to do something to you. We're going to threaten you if you don't do what we tell you to do. Because we're supposed to be your gods, you understand? And in case you didn't know that, we'll tell you again. We're supposed to be your gods. Oh, in verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. We are trembling, we are shaking, we are backing up. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. They were certain about God. The Bible says they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits, not those that live in lukewarm unbelief. And he will deliver us out of, uh, out of thine hand, O king. But if not, even if he doesn't do it, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy God nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. We're not going to do it regardless. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury because he was full of pride. 
And the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. Jack it up seven times more. That's what he said. It was already a burning, fiery furnace, but that wasn't enough for his cross. I think we heard that from the White House, didn't we? And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats and all their garments and were cast into the midst of the fire. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flames of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So those that threw them in the furnace were burned up themselves, and they got burned up first. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished. Oh, I skipped something. Let me back up. And then these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men, loose, not bound, loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of Man. As we said previously, when you get to your place of trial and temptation, Jesus is there. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, Certainly he knows who their God is. Come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, captains, counselors, all of them, the whole crew of them, whose bodies saw these men, upon whose bodies the fire had no power nor was a hair of their head sinned. Neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Nothing. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own. Therefore, I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because There is no other God that can deliver after this sort. 
So you have to decide. Saints, is this your level of faith? Are you this committed to the Lord, his word, and his kingdom? Many of you are not. You have your own Nebuchadnezzar that you have not the guts enough nor God enough to say anything for the Lord. You just let them say and do anything in your presence, and you take no serious action at all. Some of you need to crucify your own fleshly responses and reactions so that you will walk in the authority that God has already given to you. You cannot have two heads. Either Jesus Christ is the Lord and master of your life, or Satan still is. You decide. Merely agreeing in your mind with the Lord, but yet failing to walk out his commands will not work. As the saying in the world goes, put your money where your mouth is. You call him Lord, but in everyday living, you deny his lordship. Jesus said in Luke 6, Luke 6, 39, can the blind lead the blind? Shall they not both fall into the ditch? Well, you answer. In verse 43, he says, For a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. And why call ye me Lord, Lord? And do not the things which I say. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it. For it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doesn't do it, he heard it all right, he came to church, he listened, but he's not doing it, is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth, against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. So you have to decide what you're going to be. Nobody can do that for you. Ezekiel chapter 33, beginning with verse 30. Ezekiel chapter 33, beginning with verse 30. You know there are a lot of people who call themselves Christians who repented of the same old thing over and over and over and over but they never forsook the sin. 
Well, that's not God's standard. Amen. Ezekiel 33, beginning with verse 30. Also, thou son of man, the children of thy people still are talking against thee by the walls and in the doors of the houses. So if you think Jesus doesn't hear what you say at home, you're wrong. And speak one to another, every one to his brother, saying, Come, I pray you, and hear what is the word that cometh forth from the Lord. Let's hear what God has to say. Mm -hmm. And they come unto thee as the people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people, and they hear thy word. Yes, Lord, they do all those things. But they will not do this. They come and sit. They hear you, but they're not going to do what you said. For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goeth after their covetousness. And lo, thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they hear thy word every Wednesday, every Friday, and every Sunday, and in between. But they do not do them. But they do them not. However, when the judgment comes about whatever they have been doing, then shall they know that a prophet has been among them. See, God tells you right here what the church does. Oh, let's go listen to what pastor's preaching today. But after you hear it, it's like, you know, anything else. Oh, the wind was blowing. It went right down the street. Oh, how pleasant. And they don't do a thing any different. They repeat the same sins over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's true. You know, they'll tell you, oh, my heart is broken over my sins. Just put a pause right there Because next week about that same time They'll be on that same station Doing that same sin again That's just it In Matthew chapter 21 Verse 44 Jesus speaks of A stone Himself his word Because he is the word of God His name is the word of God Matthew twenty one forty four, And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken. Your pride will have to go. Your rebellion will have to go. Your defiance of the word of God will have to go. Your disobedience will have to go. But on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to power. So they are your choices. You can allow the word to break the things out of your life that don't please the Lord, or you can let the word grind you to power, your choice. My grandmother told me many years ago, before I ever read this scripture, that you can't break the word of God, but you can break yourself on it. I believed her. Amen, and you see me standing here today having believed her. Mm-hmm. You see, 
That's the way it is. Second Chronicles chapter 25, beginning with verse 1. Second Chronicles chapter 25, beginning with verse 1. Amaziah was 20 and 5 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 20 and 9 years in Jerusalem. Verse 2. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. Half-hearted obedience is not obedience at all. And that's the way God sees it. In Eve's case, she was deceived by the serpent. God gave them a diet. They were to fast the fruit of a specified tree. But what did they do? They ate it anyway, knowing that they were wrong. So who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? So you have a better idea than God, eh? You're brilliant. You're smart. You've been to school. You know more than God. Remember that dumb series, uh, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader or some dumb show they came up with? And the show, the whole point of the show was to make adults look dumb and stupid, but fifth graders knew it all. Well, see, there are people that still have that bad, wrong, and ungodly mentality. And if you're a young person with that attitude, you need to repent now. There was a famous comedian who said that up until 30, I thought my dad was crazy. But after I had my own children, I realized he was a wise man. You see, young people have a tendency to think that they know it all. It all goes, you're just old-fashioned, Ma, you don't know a thing. We know, we got the latest this, that, and the other. We do it this way, and this is how it works, and this is the way. And you just go, mm-hmm. My folks used to say, keep living. And they had a point. Because you don't know it all. In fact, you don't know enough. We won't tell them that, Lord, will we? <laughs> yeah, you'll need a window to throw it out of. Okay? Amen. Proverbs chapter 3, beginning with verse 5. You should know this one by heart. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Lean not to your own understanding. Some of you are filled with the fear of man. I wonder why. Proverbs 29:25 Proverbs 29:25 The fear of man bringeth a snare it's a trap it's a lure but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe You scared of somebody? What? Who you need to fear is the one who after your body dies can put the rest of you into hell forever. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 12. 
beginning with verse 22. The Gospel of John, chapter 12, beginning with verse 22. So, speaking about Jesus, nevertheless, among the chief rulers also, many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. If that's you, repent. Some of you do not have sufficient faith in the word of God. You stumble because you will not listen to God's word until it convinces your heart and mind. Nor will you allow yourself to become fully persuaded nor respect Jesus enough to obey the word. Be forewarned. Punishment will follow this type of rebellion. Others will not obey the truth because they still find pleasure in unrighteousness. They like their brand of sin and they want to keep it as long as they can. Others think that they know more than anybody else. Why, they have been to Bible college. Well, there's nothing wrong with Bible college, but Bible college is not the same as knowing Jesus Christ. Amen? It's not the same as knowing Jesus Christ. Luke 14, beginning with verse 15. And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Verse 16, a certain man made a great supper and invited a lot of people. And he sent his servant at supper time to say to them that they were invited. Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuses. And then it goes on to tell all the excuses. So that the servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring the poor, the maimed, the halt, and the blind. In other words, I invited you, but you're too important to do what I'm asking you to do. Amen? There will be many on that day who will be just as these people were. They were distracted from obedience to the Lord by things which were far less important. They will still be making excuses, saying they had other things to do. And there are others who have allowed disobedience to become a chronic habit. Saints, allow the Lord to have his way in your life. Through, though Jesus Christ was the Son of God, yet he learned obedience to his Father. He learned obedience. We should all determine in our hearts and minds that whether it seem good to us or whether it be hard to do, we will obey the voice of the Lord our God. Amen? Stand for the benediction.
Amen. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the church said amen, amen, and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 